0: This morning's scripture reading is from Romans, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 12. Do not judge one another. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions.
1: Some believe in eating anything while the weak eat only vegetables.
0: Those who eat must not despise those who abstain. And those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them.
1: Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fail, and they will uphold, for the Lord is able to make them stand.
0: Some judge one day to be better than another while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds.
1: Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God.
0: We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves.
1: If we live, we live to the Lord, And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's.
0: For to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living.
1: Why do you pass judgment on to your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God.
0: For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God.
1: So then each of us will be accountable to God.
0: Thanks be to the Lord for the inspiration of this word.
2: Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to be participants in your journey of salvation. We're following you, God. You are the one that's up ahead of us, and we are following your footsteps. Today, as we look at this scripture in Romans chapter 14, we ask for you to open our eyes to the reality that we are following actions that have already taken place, and we have been blessed with the reality that we can receive the gifts of those actions in very loving ways. Be with us today, God. Speak through me, please. Nothing happens unless it's sparked by you. In your Son's precious name I pray. Amen. I have been blessed in my life with many heroes. I have been blessed in my life of being an observer of living and seeing individuals who have crossed through this path of living that have done many powerful things, agents of change, individuals that have decided to step out and not so much look at the rules and the standards, but to look at the potential of what it means to add the reality of importance into the lives of other people who are seeking help, care, and guidance. That's what I'm existing in today as we move into this scripture in Romans chapter 14. Today, as we look at the scripture, we're growing off of what we talked about in last week's sermon. Last week, Sermon, we looked at Romans 13 and we talked about how love supersedes everything and how that love is the completion of the law. How the actions, the loving actions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has brought us to a point that we can lean on the loving actions of one sacrificial lamb and then step out and be the hands and feet, the caring hands and feet of Jesus Christ who without without expectations gave himself for us so that we can caringly go out and share that same level of love with others. There's a couple of things I need to lay out with you through the biblical exegesis before I get into my storytelling today. I want to remind you as we talk about this scripture today what Paul is dealing with when he's writing this letter to the church of Rome. Paul is dealing with faith history. Faith history. The most dominant faith, the most known faith in Paul's time period is that of Judaism. And within that practice is so much expectation and follow through. That Paul is dealing with that. When the jailer asks Paul during the earthquake at the prison, what must I do to be saved? There is a desire and request of knowing the set actions to find safety. Paul's also dealing with something else. He's dealing with Rome. If you look culturally at the existence of how we have grown out into a greater worldwide culture, we look at everything that has grown out of Roman society, the laws, the practices, many of which we still honor and practice today within our legal stances and our rules and our bylines. All were birthed in Rome. And if you look at a faith structure that was built on expectations being birthed out of the place that our rules and our laws were birthed out of, Paul is dealing with intense expectations, trying to open the door to the reality that Jesus Christ has done something that no one else can do. And all we have to do is trust and reach out and receive that gift and then go out and live it and show it. Within our Wesleyan practice, our Wesleyan history, we have this phrase called justifying grace. You have heard me utter this so many times. Justifying grace is a moment that we acknowledge the place of Jesus Christ. We acknowledge the existence of our caring creator, and we reach out to receive something that that creator is holding out to dispense to us. The actions of justifying grace. It's the moment when we set aside what I have to do, and we begin to ask and respond to the question, what has Jesus Christ already done? Moving into the scripture, that's what Paul's doing with this. He, Paul's laying out everything that everybody has ever done to follow the rules. Some people don't eat meat. Some people only eat vegetables. Some people do this. Some people do that. And he's laying out, bare to the world, everything that everyone has ever done in the name of responding to God. And he lays it out to the point that what matters is that people are trying to respond to God. See, Paul lays it out in this way because there there comes conflict when that we are trying to weigh out what we actively need to do to exist in the salvation of Jesus Christ based on what we really need to do is just to respond and receive. See, when we set the house of cards that exist that I need to do X, Y, Z to exist in the presence of salvation, as soon as I see something that exists that is contradictory to that, my house of cards either falls down for me to rebuild in a new, exciting way, or I start to weigh the concrete and the mortar on that house and refuse to budge and move. See, so many times I have observed through the living, it's the ones that build the concrete foundation and build this immovable structure of living based on what they believe in that makes it hard for others to see their place in the greater kingdom. We've seen it so many times. That whenever something comes along that doesn't fit into a box that we have created as human beings, we want to exile everything from that box and live in our own comfortable places that say, because I believe this, because these are my actions, I have a place in the kingdom. In this conversation in Romans chapter 14, the Apostle Paul is warning us against doing that. Some people do this, some people do that, some people do this, some people do that. And Paul tries to iron out what it means to have our house of cards blown over, but rebuilding that house of cards with even more cards from some other place so that it's more sturdy, more supportive, and we begin to understand what it means not to live in expectations or force expectations, but what it means to be a loving community, willing to care for others no matter what, so that they can find their place in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I've dealt with it my entire life. Seeing individuals that live and exist within their own safe little boxes And watching people hurting from the outside because of those safe little boxes. I've been blessed with heroes. And my greatest hero is a man named Harry Chapin. Now I've shared about Harry so much in different ways. And I just love the reality that exists in my life. When I see an individual that didn't exist in some scriptural place. But a regular guy who was so moved and burdened by the need of hunger, that he decided to go out and, in Gandhi's words, be the change that he wanted to see take place. My favorite quote of Harry Chapin is that we are never more fully alive. We're never more living to our potential than when we live our lives for the service of others. I want us to piece together and think about what that means. If I go out with my XYZ expectations and I subject and push and shove others into my XYZ expectations, I'm not participating in a life evolving into a wholeness of something new. I'm setting standards that that life doesn't understand just so that there is some sense of peace and safety. One of the things that I've enjoyed the most about my life is the 20 plus years that I spent as a youth director And in that 20-plus years, I sat next to young individuals listening to their problems, listening to their issues, learning about who that they are and who they think they are and who they want to become, hearing these life stories so that at moments I can watch them change and transform and I can show them how Jesus Christ exists and all of these actions, so that they not only grow to understand who that they are, but they also grow to understand that Jesus Christ is walking side by side with them all along the way, being the supporter and the caregiver. It's not meeting mom and dad's expectations. It's not meeting grandma and grandpa's expectations. It's the willingness to explore and learn and to find out that Jesus Christ is very uniquely active in an individual life so that that very unique life can go out and do unique and powerful things and touch souls that no one ever dreamed of. One of my favorite practices as a youth director. And I look forward to having this opportunity here at North Coast United Methodist Church. One of my favorite practices is uh, confirmation. It's the opportunity to teach, to study, to intentionally focus on our lives in such a way that we can answer the question, who is Jesus Christ to me? Who is Jesus Christ to me? Every year that I started a confirmation class, I always laid out a warning. And the warning was this, dear mom and dad, dear grandma and grandpa, if you want your child to go through confirmation and to come out saying things the way that you feel, the way that you understand, the way that you believe, that ain't going to happen, I always laid out very early that the kids that came through confirmation with me were not there to learn their mom's salvation, their dad's salvation, their grandma and grandpa's spiritual practices. They were coming together to start a journey so that they could realize what it means to have the active spirit of Jesus Christ guiding them and not living up to any other person's expectations expectations but only living up to what it means to say Jesus Christ is my guide and I am following him that goes back to the scripture in Romans 14 Everybody's building their boxes gang I, I I'm not going to eat pork because I, I only eat vegetables because I only do this because. I only do this because. And everybody's building their little boxes. Boxes develop conflict. And conflict makes it hard for the greater body to work together. To go out and serve the message of Jesus Christ. We deal with that. Now, we subscribe, prescribe, subject, I'll use the right word in a second. We paste. We spray paint all over the lenses of our eyes our political ideals. We do that. And it becomes a part of our faith practice. And that creates division. It creates hardships and it makes it hard to have a loving place with someone who lives in a place of disagreement with us. We plant we spray paint, we paste into our religious lives the things that we think are icky and weird. And when something comes along that falls into that place that we think is icky and weird, we push it away and shove it aside, and we say that it's bad. That's what's happening in this scripture. In Romans 14, when Paul says some people say this and some people do that and some people try this and other people put this away, he is laying out all of these sources of division and he's trying to force individuals to look at a very specific way so that they can answer the question, which is the reality of heart, I do this because I'm following Jesus Christ. Then it becomes less about what someone is not doing. And it becomes the focus and not the action. That's the fight, gang. That's the fight that Paul had. That's the fight that Dr. Ken Martin had at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Martinsville, Virginia. That's the fight that John Farmer had at the First United Methodist Church of Bristol, Tennessee. That's the fight that Brian Kent has over at Hope United Methodist Church in Rancho Bernardo. And that's a fight that Michael Drew Davis has in Oceanside, California, at North Coast United Methodist Church. It's the challenge of helping people realize if we can proclaim how we are following Jesus Christ the footsteps that we are following, and the expectation is our true dedication to the actions of Christ, not our boxes, we can become a culture that opens up and everyone can find their place at the table. I've shared this so many times. But it's a reality that exists within me. I, I grew up with cultural isms. I grew up with faith isms. I wish I could go to a 15, 16 year old Mike Davis and say, listen, buddy, you are going to be talking one day during a church service in front of a whole crowd of people what it means to truly exist in an integrated environment, what it means to truly exist, that everyone, LGBTQIA, white, black, what have you, are all finding their place in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. See, those are the boxes that have gotten in the way of our faith for so long. It's the box that our denomination is still struggling with. And when it becomes less about what I believe in what I want. And when it becomes more about reaching out to Jesus Christ and saying, I am responding to you. Teach me how to show your love to others. When it becomes more about the focus than the boxes, then the kingdom opens up. That's what Paul is dealing with in the scripture that's what Paul is dealing with in the scripture what it means to truly focus on Christ instead of focusing on the boxes that make us comfortable it's scary it's a scary environment it's a scary expectation but it's fun because here's the thing Jesus Christ did all this for everyone, ate with the sinners, built all these cultural boundaries, built bridges across barriers between an Israelite and a Canaanite woman. Jesus Christ built all these bridges so that we could learn what it means, the focus on the reason and not on our own personal expectations. I've admired the apostle Paul so much because Paul had to move into these conversations. You look at you look at Paul's letters to the church of Rome and Corinth and his letters to Timothy and his his relationship with all of the people who he went out on these spiritual journeys. Paul, Peter and Paul just these journeys. And Paul had to be the one to learn about the focus on the one and not the things that cause division and strife. I want you to think about that, especially as we talk about this beautiful table that exists within the grace of Jesus Christ and what it means to respond to what Christ has done instead of subjecting what I want what it means to respond to what Jesus Christ has done and to go out to the places that are icky and scary what it means to respond what Jesus Christ has done instead of painting our political idealists we go all the way back to John Wesley who was a loyalist to the king But John Wesley stepped away from subjecting his political ideals so that he could send out Asbury and Coke and dispense grace to the colonists in the American colonies so that they could have a connection to grace. Wesley not forcing the politics, but dispensing grace. That's the practice. That's why I like John Wesley. That's why I stand here as a United Methodist pastor. I want us to go on this journey together because it's not easy. It's not fun. But there is a beautiful thing that happens at the end of the journey. The beautiful thing that happens at the end of the journey is we begin to open doors and people find their place in the kingdom and they find a God that loves them for who that they are. I want us to hold on to that. Thank you for dealing with these scriptures in Romans with me. Celebrating the actions of the Apostle Paul. Looking for ways to celebrate the actions of Jesus Christ. And painting the importance that it's what Christ has done that sets us all free. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. As we've moved into our time of offering, we'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to North Coast UMC. Dot .org and click on the give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the give button. Thank you for joining us.